Hi, this is Riggs Eckleberry, CEO of Origin Clear. Welcome to the podcast, Water is the New Goal. Now in this podcast, I explore every week the trends in water, the big disruption that's happening, what we're doing about it, and where the future lies. It's quite interesting. Enjoy and stay subscribed. Okay, everyone, this is Riggs Eckleberry. Thank you for joining me on the 15th of November. Um, this is going to be our last briefing before Thanksgiving. We'll probably not have a briefing on next Thursday because I'll be getting too full with all the, the good turkey that I'll be forcing down my throat. We have a really, really interesting situation going on right now. This morning I was on Money TV and I brought a clip, a little teaser about three minutes long, where my brother Stephen, who is a Hollywood guy and also does a lot of our videos, went up to Roanoke, Virginia to follow Dan Early around and especially to watch as he was putting the last touches on the first sale he made back in August to a brewery. And what struck me about this clip was that this darn unit was so damn small. It was kind of an anticlimax. But that's the fact about decentralized water treatment. These are not enormous central systems. What he built was a precision crafted thousand gallon per day water treatment system that would allow the brewery to reuse the water very precisely and it's internet connected and so on. And it was built with the support of our company in Kinney, Texas near Dallas, Progressive Water Treatment. And it was a great example of a real leader in the water industry coming in and leveraging the potential and capabilities of the 24 people in McKinney, Texas. Dan Early is extremely happy with that progress. So you'll be seeing that video when we publish the Money TV tomorrow, but it basically tells us that we are up and running with industrial shipments of the modular water treatment systems. That thousand gallon per day system can quickly be scaled up to 5,000 or 25,000 gallons per day if needed. And we have the whole product line lined up. Again, to recap what's so special about this is that the water industry tends to build things in concrete, steel, or fiberglass, all of which tend to not last. And so there's all this effort made, building things, the pouring foundations, and this and that. And then pretty much like the basement of a house, the stuff lasts only so long. Whereas what Dan has got is patents on using reinforced thermoplastic as a material that's easily fabricated into these completely structurally strong and self-contained systems that can be built in the factory, trucked out, and just rolled into place and plugged in. So it's kind of like an instant product line for all these different varieties of systems. The, the, the problem with the water service industry is that everything is so different. You know, the vast quantity of water conditions, pH, the amount of solids in the water, how oily it is, uh, what are the microsolids, the what's called miscible or, mi or mixed solids in there, uh, a wide variety of water conditions, and then a wide variety of applications, and what do you want to do with it? So this is a complex matrix of requirements, and so what Dan really did was take, take it all and tied a big knot around it and said, okay, all of this is one package. And that package is the water, modular water treatment system that we've been commercializing. Following that initial sale, he made a couple more in September. 
And, and in this quarter, um, as you know, we are gunning for a million dollars in purchase orders, basically commitments from the customers that we'll be able to know for sure that we have the ability to deliver in the first quarter of 2019. So we're really setting up a literally a doubling of the business because already Progressive Water does roughly a million, a bit more than a million dollars a quarter because the run rate's about $5 million a year. And so accounting for some business from the licensing side, it's in the roughly $1.2 million a quarter range. And then we're really talking about this being doubled up if we can get modular water to a million dollars a quarter. And that is really great news because we'll have done it entirely with our own resources. Now, uh, before I go on to talk about the, this interesting story about septic tanks, I want to just quickly cover what's going on with the, if you hear any kids in the background, it's because I'm literally next to a, a playground. But anyway, last week I was traveling and I, I really don't want to get in, you know, too much into detail, again, for reasons that I don't want to get into material non-public information, but uh, we're busy negotiating a major acquisition or three, shall we say, a slate. We call it a slate of acquisitions with the support of the CCA Capital people. And yesterday I had a conversation with them and I said, so what are we going to do? Uh, this one or this one or this one? They go, no, we want to do all of them. And that just blew my mind. It, it was a moment when I looked at Bill Charneski figuratively because he was on the phone and I went, okay, we now have enough of a fund, half a billion dollar fund that can pretty much do anything that makes financial sense. And I'll be meeting with their CEO and founder, Bob Press in Los Angeles in early December. And um, they're very eager to have a very, very solid relationship. So I'm very, very excited about that. And we're going to spend a lot of effort in the remaining weeks of the year to close deals, whether they close by the 31st, we shall see. It's a crazy trying to get things done during the holidays, but we've got the deal flow. We've got the financing. We've got acquirees ready and able. All the, all the, the, the moving parts are in place. And now it's a matter of execution. And I'm very proud of the team. I'm quite sure that we can execute. We've got also in place, we've got Brian Pierce as our operations guy who's in charge of absorbing all of these. And he is a veteran operating officer. And uh, he just spent the last three days getting trained with our marketing director in a, a platform called HubSpot, which allows us to do a vast number of things with our website presence, lead generation, customer relationship management, e-commerce, you name it. It's a fabulous investment. And this is one of the things that your investment buys. It was expensive. We had to commit to it. But we're not going to be rolling up a bunch of companies with some very spaghetti kind of platform. We've got to have a good world-class platform and HubSpot website and HubSpot Legion and HubSpot CRM are in the world-class category. So that is what your dollars buy when you invest. Now, this morning I wrote a CEO update, which I spent a lot of time last night researching. And I found a, a great write-up in the um, by the Wayne State University. And it, it's peer-reviewed. It's an excellent, excellent paper, and I reference it in the CEO update. And one of the amazing things that that we figured out that blew my mind really is how many septic systems fail. Now, 
is a lot of people don't necessarily agree. I guess some people go, no, only 10 to 15% of all septic systems fail. And then other people go, well, no, it's 50 or 75%. The, you know, the reports vary, but it is a high percentage. And really any percent of septic systems that fails is a bad percentage because that's fecal matter going into the groundwater which creates through the uh, chemical reaction, it creates nitrogen right? because nature, of course, is going to process the stuff. And that nitrogen ends up in the Chesapeake Bay, in the Great Lakes, et cetera. And uh, you've heard about the, the algae in Lake Okeechobee and all that. Well, a huge amount of that comes not just from industrial pollution, because we know that Florida, South Florida has got all those sugarcane plantations, but it's also got a tremendous number of housing developments and so the second source of groundwater contamination is the septic tanks. And because in this country we have a trend towards people moving out into the country, and rightfully so because the country is really nice. And so the suburbs, these are the suburbs of the suburbs. It's called Exurbia. And Exurbia, the, the outer suburbs, have been growing. And these, there's no way you can connect these to the sewer. This is not going to happen. What you, you're miles from a sewer, so instead what they've been promoting is what they call decentralized water treatment. But their version of decentralized water treatment is a big old filter pad called a septic tank. Very, very low tech and, as I say, very liable to failing. And I was amazed to see that there's actually a stat. The EPA tells us that 186,000 Viral infections come from failed septic tanks and about another 30 or 40,000, a total of about 200,000 viral and bacterial illnesses a year come from failed septic tanks. Also a vast amount of pollution that then has to be somehow treated in the waterways and lakes and lagoons and so forth. So you know, we have a lovely, pristine, rural lifestyle that is polluting the heck out of the downstream and then we can blame the chicken farms and so forth. And yes, the chicken farms and the pork farms and so on put out a great deal of that nitrogen, but so do the homes. And 26, more than 26 million homes, which is basically, you know, the EPA does a census every 10 years. So the last census they did was 2008, published in 2008. And it says there's about 26 million of these septics. And in the last 10 years before that, there had been a growth of about a million and a half of them. So we can pretty be pretty sure that we're getting up into the 28, 29 million, perhaps 30 million septic tanks. These cost between $1,500 and $15,000 each to build, depending on the size. The problem with these things is, is that you have to have a very big lot. You have to have a lot that uh, I think separation between the septic, the draining field, and the and any well is 75 feet. Well, the, the, the drain field itself is huge. You know, it itself is. Say, let's say it's uh, 50 or 100 feet long. Well, pretty soon you start running out of lot. And no new construction is being permitted within that, that breaks that boundary. That's an FHA rule, which I linked in that report. So we have an interesting situation, which is this, this wonderful solution to flush water, to black water and gray water uh, using septics, is really a broken solution in America. And it's uh, concentrated in the east, northeast, southeast not so much in the West, but you have a problem in a place like Florida where that water is actually really valuable. So you're, you're getting rid of that water. Now, I, I heard from a very interesting character, this gentleman uh, who has a municipality. Actually, he may become 
one of our guinea pigs for um, one of these home systems. And this morning I heard from him, and he said, well, what we do is we have a bunch of houses that all have septics, and then we pipe the water that's been cleaned, gets piped into a central treatment plant, and that's what we water the golf course with. And I was like, wow, that is an innovative solution. And it's, it's kind of smart. The one downside of that is, of course, each one of those homes doesn't benefit from the incoming water being treated, which is uh, what the New York Times called a mini flint. Each one of these communities is a mini flint because the incoming water is loaded with Roundup and nitrates and so on. So they don't get the benefit of that. And then they send their water downstream and they do get the golf course water. So it's half a solution. What we have here is a technology for self-contained water treatment of what a home puts out in terms of pollution. Talking black water and gray water. Now, 99% of that water, 99.9% of that water is actually just water. The amount of particulates and uh, microbes and virus and drugs and so on by volume is a very tiny percentage. So you're gonna process that and you're gonna be able to reuse most of it. Theoretically, you could reuse it to drink, but most people are squeamish about this idea of toilet to tap. And so they're gonna say, no thanks, but they'll be okay with water in the lawn, water in the golf course, providing water for the pond, for the, the animals, the horses, and for the pool and so forth. That's all great. And that's useful in, in areas that, that are really starting to have a problem with water supply, such as Florida. And Florida's got a real problem. Now, when you do that, there's still going to be a certain amount of reject water. The reject stream is a problem. We see that in desalination, where you have these big desalination plants that push water through an osmotic membrane, uh, basically, which is basically uh, osmosis. It's kind of like things percolate. And when they percolate through, out the other end, you get fresh water. But then you're left with a tremendous amount. About, I think it's in volume, it's about 20% of the stream is this heavy brine that you then have to dump. And that's a downside of the whole reverse osmosis thing, you lose a lot of water in the process of generating the fresh water. Similar thing happens when you're, you're cleaning all this black water and gray water, you're gonna end up with a reject stream, which is a tiny percentage of the total. So it's not, you know, it, there, is, there is exhaust in the system. What's the solution? There's a couple. And uh, I had a discussion about that this morning. One great thing about doing these CEO updates is that people reply to me directly and that quickly get smarter. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a crowd-funded knowledge, crowd-learning, you know, I guess you might call it. And this is other correspondent that I had. We would discuss this back and forth. There's basically two solutions. One is you have a tank, and every month or three months or whatever it is, that tank, you know, the truck comes along and pumps out the tank, and it's got very, very concentrated stuff. And that's a simple solution, but it requires that every once in a while somebody comes by with a truck. There's the good more news is no liability of, the, of that tank failing. It eventually just gets full. And because you are only putting into it the most concentrated trash, essentially, then it's more like a trash removal service. And that system does work. The other way to do it is to have a mini septic system. And there, of course, you come back to the problem of you got to manage the septic system, but, but it's a small fraction of the size. So 
might not be a $15,000 septic tank. It might be a $1,500 one, but still do the job of a $15,000 one because you removed so much of the water. So these are all problems that, that we're going to have to work out in engineering. I want to make it clear that we still have a lot of work ahead of us for modular water homes. First of all, we're not about to get Dan Early all tied up in this home line. That's, that would be a big mistake. He is flat out doing clusters of homes, insurance companies, um, army depots, uh, schools. There's a whole wide range of things that they actually, when I got an interview from World Water Online, I gave them a whole bunch of applications. And you'll see the applications and the general price point of these applications when they get published. But basically, he's doing that stuff. This is basically from about $60,000 to more than $2 million. Call it $3 million. That's about the range for these systems. We don't want him to stop. This is, this is a lot of business. And, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be assembly line. It's not a, it's not, you don't have to go to China and build it or whatever. It's something that can be built right here in the U.S., assembled, shipped out, and dropped in and working. So that is our line of business, and we're not dropping that out. What we have, however, is the opportunity here to enter what I might call the smart home market. Smart home market is really, really, really exciting because it's called the Internet of Things, IoT. And believe me when I tell you, a lot of people are excited about IoT because it involves the Internet, and it also involves things, hardware, a lot of hardware, let's say refrigerators and thermostats and plumbing and TVs and you name it. It's all over the home. And there's people com com competing for the interfaces, the human interfaces in the home, things like Alexa, Google Nest interface, all these things, Siri, uh, there's a wide variety of language interfaces and also automated systems that are going in that are going to basically make the home of the future a very, very efficient place because we have, for example, uh, the Nest thermostat. It's fantastic. Me and my wife can go to sleep in one air-conditioned room in the house, and the rest of the house can get warm all night because we're not trying to air-condition the entire home. Same thing for letting a, a, room, a house get cold except for the one room where, or two rooms where people are sleeping. That's the Nest thermostat, and it's smart enough to learn from, oh, wow, there's humans in this room. I better keep that warm. So it's really, really interesting, and that's why the Nest thermostat sold to Google for $3.2 billion. The technology, even though they hadn't done much, because it was just so darn smart. So, you know, uh, last week with Ken Berenger, I, I made a very interesting trip to a company in a sunshine state that is that has an, a device for the smart home. I'm not going to get into specifics because I don't want to put them on the spot. And also, again, it's, it's not public information, but they have already developed a device that does a job in the home relating to water that has an internet connection. It is basically a computer. They've done a beautiful job. And they're inter interfacing with Nest and so forth. And so we've started to talk about doing a technology transfer to get us up to speed. And what I'm looking ahead to in 2019 is we may well have a division. Again, we don't want to overload Dan, but pulling together a team that's really more of a high-tech team that works with this, potentially with this partner, or, or just put together some technology 
private label from a, an existing provider in the smart home space. Whatever we do, we're going to go ahead and I think it's going to be an important activity for Q1 where we start to pull together the beginnings of an R&D of this modular water for the home that leverages the existing patents that Dan Early has, and, and we're going to expand on those. Again, what your funding buys is a lot of patent work, and there's years we've spent up to half a million dollars a year on patent work, so it's expensive and very, very worthwhile. He's got seven patents currently. We could have 30 or more very, very easily, and it's important to have those to cover all the different possibilities. So we're going to start investing in patents for this home line. We're going to create some leadership around it. We're going to put some technical resources around it. And it's going to be very high tech. We like to say these days that, that Origin Clear is the Tesla of the water industry. Now, that is not a boastful statement. It's more of a statement. Uh, it's not, not even Tesla, really. Really, it's more like a, we think of ourselves like Elon Musk in that you look at Elon Musk and you go, oh my God, this guy is completely, you know, all over the place. He's doing a million different things. He's the definition of ADD. But guess what? Elon Musk gets things done. So even though he does a dozen different things, he actually completes them. And that's in, 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 in origin clear is in that same position. Now, we don't have a fortune from having launched PayPal. So, you know, we kind of have to do it again with the support of our investors. But we're executing beautifully. Let's recap before I wrap up this uh, pre-Thanksgiving call. First of all, the licensed technology, electro-water separation, advanced oxidation, is continuing to be developed in real time and getting traction, mostly internationally, because that's where the action is. And uh, we're in the oil and gas space, we're doing landfill work, we're doing a wide variety, we're um, cleaning up ammonia and systems in China, et cetera. There's a tremendous variety of things. And after the Thanksgiving break, I think I'm going to do a recap on all that because Jean-Louis Kindler and his, and his small team are really making tangible progress with revenue and the numbers are starting to add up. Why? Because even though it's licensing, we're also manufacturing a lot of these systems for the licensees. And so it's going to turn into a pretty decent revenue number. And it's my, really, he is planning to get up to the same level as progressive water and modular water, which is that million dollars a quarter level. So that would then, if we achieve that on the technology side, we would have a third million dollar a quarter profit center, which would give us $12 million a year. Not too bad from the current level of five. That's before we start factoring in the acquisition. That's the second big thing. Bill Charneski has been diligent for the last year pulling together the slate of acquisitions, which would be transformative. Remember, transformative means orders of magnitude, not incremental. That's the second part. The third part really is, what do we do with modular water in the home and what does that mean? And that's potentially a big, big home run because it makes us very interesting. The final piece is something that I've kept quiet about only because it's very, very distracting to people, uh, but it has tremendous promise, which is the cryptocurrency, uh, the water coin, which people are very, very excited about in the crypto world because they, the, world, the crypto world is, is coming around to real world applications. And so we've attracted some real talent. However, I'm keeping that very much in the down low until it gets really fleshed out because that's more of a long-term project that I think will have future value for creating, making Origin Clear a valuable company. We've attracted, however, a team of founders, which is world-class, and 
more about that in a future time. But since WaterChain is not going to be a revenue generator for quite some time to come, it's best that we just let that be a skunkworks thing. Remember a skunkworks? Uh, that was a term that was invented by Lockheed Martin when they would let people develop a new technology in a, in a, in a hangar and they give them no budget but 100% freedom. Like you can't have any money, but you can do anything you want. And they come up with the most amazing technology. That's called a skunkworks. And that's really what Origin Clear has been doing all this time is that with really very little capital, we've developed a world-class technology for the electro-water separation and for the advanced oxidation, which work in these, in these ways. You know, one is for very, very, very dirty water. One's for clean water that has all the uh, hormones and so on in it. That, again, I'll, I'll treat further. And that's starting to get revenue. And then on the other side, the modular water, which is an accepted technology with patents that is able to generate re real revenue today, a very interesting, exciting departure into the home, and then finally the acquisitions, which if we can make them happen, which I feel very confident we can, then we're going to have an amazing company developed in 2019. So that's kind of the where things stand from where I look. I'm really, really excited about us finally getting to this point. And I'm looking at all the support we're getting. And I'm just amazed with the amount of people who are behind us, both in the stock market, who are buying our stock, which is tremendously important, but also the people investing who are accredited investors. And so that's where I'm going to leave it now. You know, we have a team of Ken Berenger and Devin Angus, and I really don't want to screw up the extensions anymore. It's 323-939-6645. And Ken Berenger is at 201. Devin is at 116. We have very little room left in this round. And let me just say this. The beauty of this private placement is that you don't have a stock risk. We are giving you a secured agreement against our independently valued patent portfolio. And you make good money on that, 8%. It's all, you know, it's all good. And you get a repayment by September 2020 on that principle. But what the valuable part is, and that's not bad money, but who's, you, know, you might as well just get an exchange-traded fund and make 3% as to worry about 8% from origin clear, sure. But what's important about this is you get a stock grant today. And the stock grant is priced. Uh, basically, you get more shares. This is what's the perverse part of it, but it's interesting. You get more shares to lower the stock price. So in the short term, if you believe that we have a future, then it's very, very smart to go ahead and take a unit of this private placement. You'll get your principal back with interest paid along the way, but you get the stock rent. And I believe that the stock price, which has been artificially low, I don't make any prognoses on stock price. That's not my job. But the amount of good news we have is going to reflect eventually, and smart people would get into this today. We have very little, we only have about $200,000 left to go in this round. I'd love for you to come in and join us. So 323-939-6645. Ken is at extension 201. Devin is at extension 116. Join us. Exciting times are ahead. I'd like to thank you and have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, don't get too full with turkey. And uh, let's stay tuned. You'll be hearing from me not this coming Thursday, 
but Thursday after, and we'll be getting into the technology. Thank you, everyone, and good night. Well, that's it for the podcast. Thank you for joining. I do hope you stay subscribed. If you'd like to interact with me live, then join me each week at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, or the Zoom webinar. Simply sign up at originclear.com slash CEO, and thank you.